0: Good stuff. Over to you, Edie. Wow. Oh, God, is so good, isn't he? I want to share a little bit about the journey that I've been on probably since the beginning of the year. And um, the Lord had, has encouraged me at the beginning of the year to just read through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And to pay attention, especially, on those words that are red letters. You know what they are? They are the words that Jesus spoke. Because they are words that are really important. They are words of life. And so, the words that Jesus spoke give us the blueprint for how to do life and how to build our lives. See, Matthew 7, towards the end of what we know as the Sermon of the Mount, um, Jesus is saying, whoever hears those words and does them is wise. And he builds his life, his house, upon a firm foundation. But if we don't do them, then when life happens and life happens to all of us and sometimes God throws us some curveballs no not God life throws some curveballs sorry God doesn't do that um, when life happens and we feel ourselves challenged and maybe even discouraged and disappointed if we don't do what Jesus says then we won't build our lives on a solid foundation and everything will crumble that's what Jesus said okay So Jesus spoke those words at the end of what we know as the Sermon of the Mount. But I believe, and and God has challenged me, that we need to take heed of whatever he says in the Word, in those four Gospels. If we do that, then we will have a strong foundation and we will have the life that he has promised us. See, every word from the mouth of Jesus is a word for us to live by and build our lives on. Because John 1.14 says that he is the word made flesh. And the living, uh, sorry, the Passion Translation says that the living expression became a man and lived among us. And if you missed Ben's preach from a couple of weeks ago, I encourage you, go on Facebook or go on SoundCloud or on our app, and you can listen to that again because Ben put it really in a great perspective of the difference between, um, Jesus, the Son of Man, and Jesus, the Son of God. Because he was human and he is human. And he came and lived among us. So the last couple of weeks, I've been stuck on a, on, a, on one word. It's actually probably more than, a, than a couple of weeks. It's probably more like a couple of months. I heard, this word in songs, I read it in books, I read it in the Gospels. And I heard I heard it as a whisper from heaven to me personally. And that is the word abide. Abide. God says you must learn to abide in me. We must learn to abide in him. And in the Gospel of John, I want us to turn there. The Gospel of John, chapter 15. In the first few verses, that word abide is mentioned 11 times by Jesus. Now, if Jesus says something 11 times, it must be important. And so turn with me to John, chapter 15. And I read from verse 4. And this is what Jesus says. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you, These things I command you, that you love one another. How powerful are these words? How powerful are these words? We must learn to abide. Verse 4, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. See, we cannot create God's fruitfulness. Perfect fruit comes from the perfect one. We sang it. You are perfect in all of your ways. He is perfect. God is the only one perfect. Our desire must be that we would enter his heart and that we would enter his love until fruit appears. When we enter into the heart of God, when we abide in the love of God, that's when we will bear fruit. It's backward to try to love him for the sake of fruit. That doesn't work. We love him first and then the fruit will appear. That's why it says abide. Um, Maddie, can we put the definition of abide up? This is the word abide. The Greek word is meno. It's a primary verb. It means to stay in a given place, a state, relationship or expectancy. It means abide, continue, remain, dwell, endure, be present, stand and tarry. That is what Jesus was saying. That we are to stay, we are to abide in relationship with him at all times. We all desire to be fruitful. We all desire to, to make a difference. We all desire to change the world we live in. Because believe me, the world needs changing. And so for us to be productive and to produce good and helpful results in our lives, In our marriages, in our families, in our relationships, we need to learn how to stay in relationship with Jesus. As I said, out of that relationship, out of that abiding in Him, we will bear fruit. And fruit that will last. Fruit that will last. Jesus says we cannot achieve this without abiding in Him and He in us. He is the source for everything. He is the source for your healing. He is the source of mending your broken heart. He is the source of your provision. He is the source for everything that we need. He is the source for our strength and courage. And believe me, we all need strength and courage. We need hope. We need healing from brokenness. He is our confidence. Oh boy, have I learned this last few weeks. How to know that he is my confidence. He has to be our confidence. He has to be our confidence. He is our source for everything. But if we are not connected, we never experience that life that he wants to give. See, it says he is the vine and we are the branches. See, branches, when you look at the grapevine, branches attached to the vine, they get all their sustenance and everything they need from that vine. And then they produce fruit. Branches don't sit there trying to produce fruit. That's what—that's not what they're doing. Grapes, Grapes are not produced by branches trying to produce grapes. No, grapes are produced because the branches go into the vine and get what they need for the growth from the vine. It's the same with us. Whatever we need for our growth, we get from the vine. We get from Jesus. And that is so important because we can try and do things on our own. And believe me, I'll be the first one to admit I've tried many times to do things on my own in my own strength. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work because there's no grace. There's no sustaining power. We might be able to succeed for a little while, but eventually we're just going to wear ourselves out. And then we fall into a heap because we get discouraged. We get disappointed because self-effort and self-preservation Doesn't produce good fruit. It won't, it won't produce the fruit that will last. But when we, when we're connected to Jesus, we will experience everything that He's promised. What did He promise? Joy unspeakable. Abundant life. Fullness of life. Free from worry. Free from striving. Because that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to live a life in freedom and not striving. There's nothing apart from Jesus that, we, that can give us what we need. No money, not, an, not any amount of money can give you really what you need. No other person can give you really what you need. Your job can't give you what you need. And definitely the world can't give you what you need. Only Jesus can give you what you need. There is no else to go. I think Karina said that last week in our worship Like the disciples said, you know, when 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 people start leaving Jesus, you know, because they got offended about something he said. And he turned to the disciples and says, will you go as well? And Peter says, Lord, where else can we go? You are the one that has eternal life. And that has to be our position. That has to be our answer to everything that only Jesus speaks and has the words and the ways of eternal life. So we need to learn to abide in him. Let's have a look at verse 7. This is so powerful and I had a real revelation on that this week. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. His words need to abide in us. That word, words, in the Greek, says rhema it's a rhema word it's not the logos word it's not the written word it's the spoken word of god it is the words that jesus speaks but it's also the whispers from heaven that you hear for you in any and given situation the rhema word they need to abide in us the word has to abide in us see jesus said when he was tempted um in in the wilderness And the enemy came and said, turn those stones into bread. And he says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We need to learn how to let the spoken words of God abide in us because they are the ones that produce life. They're the ones that produce confidence. They're the ones that produce courage and strength for us to keep on keeping on. We all need to be able to keep on keeping on. And so it's the it's a spoken word. It's the personal whispers to our hearts, the promises, the revelation that we get from the written word. See, we can read the Bible and just read it. And, we, and they're nice stories and they're nice concepts that, that God presents. But until God breathes on them revelation, and then they become personal, that is the rhema word. And that is the word that God wants us to live by. They never contradict the logos, the written word, but they will put life to it. They, would, they put wings on those words that we can lay hold of and fly with. It's through abiding and allowing the words of Jesus abide in us that we are fruitful. And that we glorify the Father. It's all for his glory. It's not for us it's not for self promotion and, and and all this self stuff. It's a very small kingdom, the kingdom of self. We're living for something far bigger than the kingdom of self. We're living for the kingdom of God. And that needs to be that needs to be our desire. And that and that when we live like that, then we will bear fruit, fruit that will remain. Now, as I was praying this morning, the Lord gave me a couple of words. He said, Unanswered prayers And delays. So I just want you, if you can, just close your eyes for a moment. If you have had unanswered prayers or delays, like if you have heard the whisper from heaven about something that God has spoken to you, words that He has spoken to you, and they have they have not been answered, the promises have not come to pass. There have been delays. God wants you to, again, just position yourself. Just lay hold of, just lay hold of the words that he has spoken to you very personally in the secret place that no one knows about. Let those words abide in you. Don't let them go. Don't let them fly away. So, Father, I just want to pray even right now, Lord God, for unanswered prayers, Lord, for in the delays, that we would allow those words who are life, because you've spoken them, that those words, Lord God, would abide in us, that we again would just lay hold of them. Let them dwell in us. Let, Let the word of God dwell in us richly. And in the waiting, in the waiting, Lord, give us courage. In the waiting, Lord God, give us strength to endure, to persevere, to trust you, God. To have confidence in your goodness and in the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when we allow the words of God to abide in us and for them to grow and bring fruit, to glorify the Father... That's the sign, the, that's the, the scripture says, so you will be my disciples. That will be, that will be the sign that we are disciples of Jesus. We don't want to be disciples of anything else. We want to be disciples of Jesus. And that's why we so need to abide in him and in the word. The thing that's in us will eventually also come out of us. So if the word is not in us, what's going to come out? If the ways of God are not in us, what's coming out? So what's in us, if the word of Jesus, if the word of God abides in us, that's what's going to come out. If the ways of God abide in us, that's what's going to come out. And that's when, that's when the fruit will be seen. So we need to let the word of God dwell in us. Have a look at verse 9, 9 and 10. Jesus goes on and he says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Wow. Abiding in the love of God, it's the safest place on earth. It's been my stronghold. It's been my hideout. It's be my unsafe place. Because where else can you go again? You've got to abide in the love of God. Abide in my love. There's no fear in love. There's no anxiety in love. There's no stress in love. When you really abide in the love of God, you've got nothing to fear. Absolutely nothing to fear. Everything might go crazy around you, But you stand strong. Abide to stand. Abide enduring. And in the love of God, we can do that very, very safely. Very safely. It's the safest place. I read a book many, many years ago called The Place of Immunity. The Place of Immunity. In the love of God, we are immune to anything and everything. And we've got to find ourselves in that. We have to abide in that. And a sign that we're abiding in the love of God is the way that we keep his commandments. That we actually do what he says to do. That we trust and obey. Commandments are not suggestions. Commandments are not options. The meaning for commandment in the Greek is entole. And it means an authoritative prescription. It's a precept. An authoritative prescription. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. We need to keep his commandments. Abiding in his love and keeping his commandments result in joy. That's what Jesus said. Verse eleven: These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Full. That's how we get joy. I don't know about you. Sometimes you think, "Oh, I have to obey. I have to do this. I have to do that." You know, yesterday morning I woke up and I thought, "Oh, it's the last thing I want to do is go out." At eight, you know, at seven o'clock or six thirty, I actually left home. It's the last thing I want to do. But guess what? I've made a promise that I was going to be there. So I had no option. I had to obey. Because when you say to do something, then integrity has it that you do it. Okay, and so I did. And I had the best morning. I had a fantastic morning, you know. And that's often what happens. Because joy comes. Joy comes when we obey God's commandments. They are not chores. They are not... God is not mean God is not a mean God that He gives us these things to do because to make life difficult for us. Not at all. There so that the joy of Jesus will reside in us, and we can live a a joyful life because joy is our strength. The joy of the Lord inside of us is our strength. So this is what we—that's what we need to lay hold of. Keeping the Father's commandments was Jesus' first priority. He did nothing that he didn't see the Father do. He said nothing that he didn't hear the Father say. That's a challenge. I'm not doing too good with that. But that's what Jesus did. And if he can do it, we can do it. Because he will empower us to do it by the Spirit of God that's inside of us. Okay, let's read the rest of, this, of that, verse, of that um, paragraph again. Reading from verse 12, this is my commandment, so this is my authoritative prescription, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. I don't think there is a greater commandment of Jesus that will bring more joy to us, than to love one another. It's not a puny kind of lovey dovey love. It is a strong, powerful love. The word that Jesus uses there is the word agape. It's an unconditional love. It's not a falling into love and falling out of love and all this you know romanticized Love that Hollywood portrays these days. No, this is a love that it goes way beyond even friendship. It goes even way beyond the love that a husband and and a wife have. It's the love of God, an unconditional love that is strong and powerful. And that's what Jesus commands us to love with. It's the love of God in us that comes out. That's why Jesus said, abide in my love because without that love we can't love we can't love I would find very difficult to love some people in my world if I wouldn't have that love inside of me but God God is so gracious and he is so awesome that he, he teaches us to do that, he teaches us to love he's not expecting us to be there right here right now, but he's expecting us to grow in that And to mature in that. And yes, sometimes we're still going to behave immaturely, and I do sometimes. Quite often, actually. But God is gracious, and He knows that I desire to abide in that love, so that love, so that that kind of love will come out. I want to read to you the kind of love that God wants us to love with. And it's a real challenge. I'm going to read it from the message. Now, I read it from the message because it just puts it into today's language. You know you know the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not rude. It does not count wrongs done against it. It's not boastful. Let me read it from the message. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle. Hello? Love doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Peter says, "Love covers a multitude of sins." Okay, we all offend people at times. We all hurt people at times. We all, we all, actually not living up to people's expectations sometimes. But you know what? It doesn't count those sin, thing, sins of others. It doesn't keep score of them. Okay, love doesn't revel in others' grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Love puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Can I say to you, love never gives up. And love always looks for the best in others. I've said it many times over the years. It doesn't take the gift of discernment to find faults in one another. Usually, we can pick the faults fairly quickly, quite easily, when we get to know each other a little bit better. And it's very easy to pick the faults. But that's not how God does it, does He? Love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't count wrongs done against it, it believes the best. Love believes the best in one another. And when we when we abide in love, and Malcolm just yelled out Second Corinthians 5.16, i just tell you what that is. It says that we no longer regard each other as according to the flesh, but we look for the spirit inside of that person because the same spirit, the spirit of Jesus, is in each and every one of us. And so that's what we've got to look at. We've got to look for the Jesus inside of us. No longer regard each other as how we act in the flesh. We all have flesh. okay? But we need to look at the Spirit of God that is inside of us. And we need to believe the best of one another. Because otherwise, you're going to live a very lonely existence. You're going to be very lonely. Because it's very easy, as I said, to find faults. And they say, oh, well, that person doesn't, doesn't do this, that person doesn't do that. But we need to abide in Jesus. We need to let his words abide in us. We need to abide in love so that we can truly live a fruitful life, a joyful life, and a powerful life in incredible relationships that often are the people that God puts in our path. God puts us together so that sometimes iron sharpening iron, but also that we can actually, the life that we do together and the love that we have one another actually can sustain us because we all need others in our lives to encourage us and to strengthen us. So we abide in Jesus first. He is our source. Let his words abide in you be confident that whatever he says he will do he has the answer to every of your problem he is the answer to every of your problem okay because he is he is god and it says when we abide in him and when we obey his commandments we can ask whatever we want never give up asking never never give up seeking never give up Believing that what God has said he will do. And so I want to encourage us today. That through all of this, through all of this, the most important part is that when we do what Jesus says, we are his disciples. So that the world will know. It's for the sake of the world. It's not even for your sake. It's not even for the church's sake. That we love one another and abide in in his love. No, it's that the world will know for the sake of the world. The world is looking at the Christians at the moment. The world is looking how authentic, how real are these guys? If we chop each other's head off, if we yell at each other and get angry with each other, that doesn't show the world anything different than what they do. We have to be different. And for us to be different means that we, we are disciples of Jesus. And disciples of Jesus abide in him. Disciples of Jesus obey his commandments. Disciples of Jesus love one another. Let's pray. If you want to, you want to put your hand on your heart. I always love doing that because it just makes me feel like God wants to touch my heart and And just bring some adjustment, some alignment, some change, maybe. Father, I just want to thank you just for your word, your word of eternal life, words of truth, that, Lord God, where your truth will set us free. Jesus, I thank you today, Lord God, that you don't make it hard, You don't make it difficult for us to follow what you say, for us to believe what you say, for us to trust in you that what you say you will do, God. So I pray for each and every one of us here today, Lord God, that you would help us to learn more and more to abide to abide in you, to abide in your love, and to let your words abide in us so that we will live by your words more than anything else in this world. That you in that make us fruitful. You in that will make us true disciples that will go out and change change the world. We can change the world. We can change the world. It takes only one person, Lord God. It takes a small group of people, Lord God. And we can change the way the world goes. But we need to abide in you. We need to let us, desiring your heart and your love, to bring forth the fruit in our lives. So, Father, I pray for this community, Lord God. I pray for this house, Lord God, that we would truly be a community that would know how to love one another, to love you, And to love the world the way that you love the world. And again, Father, I just pray for every person that finds it difficult to have this relationship, this connection with you, Lord God. That today would be the first day of the rest of their lives where they will connect with the love of God. Where they will connect with the love of the Father. And to say, yes, I want to live I want to live in that relationship. I want to I want to stand in that relationship. I want to abide in that relationship because it's a safe place. It's the safest place in the world is to abide in you, to stay in your presence, to stay connected to the source of eternal life, joy, peace, and pleasure. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you want to, if you want prayer for anything, and if you wanna, if you just wanna connect with that love that I was speaking of, if you're not connected to, if you're not connected to the love of God, if you're not connected to the life that Jesus wants to give, I'll be very happy to pray with you. And even if you've been maybe wandering away and you wanna reconnect, you know, come and talk to us. Come and let us pray with you because Jesus' heart is so much for you to be in connection, to be in relationship with you because he loves you so very much. Anyway, the the billy is on. We have coffee and tea and goodies. But you know what? Let me command you love one another.